taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics while taking truth into the arena of ideas. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your hosts, Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo, as we enter into the arena of ideas. Taking of the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is yours truly, Brian Chilton. Uh, we're coming to you with a special edition. Uh, Curtis Evelo will join us for our uh, next regularly scheduled uh, podcast coming up this Wednesday. Uh, as we're thinking and contemplating about Christmas today, uh, this podcast was uh, is necessary uh, to uh, to bring it as a time it is because it's a time sensitive podcast. The material is time sensitive, and I really want you to know what's coming up because uh, really coming up December twenty first. Uh, which is uh, this Monday, uh, the world is going to be treated to a great astronomical event, a great stellar uh, event taking place. And I want you to know about this. And I, and I would like for you to go out and, um, if possible, go out and enjoy the beauty of this. But I think this is also... Um, one of these transcendent topics as well, because uh, this is an issue every Christmas. You know, we may think about uh, the Star of Bethlehem, otherwise known as the Christmas Star. And so the question is, what is or what was the Christmas Star? Well, he, December 21st, this Monday, uh, and, and let me just say you can already see this happening now. Uh, if you have clear skies, if you go out towards the western skies, uh, in fact, I looked at it last night in the astro- in my astronomy uh, uh, astro binoculars, and it was the coolest thing. Um, the conjunct- there's a conjunction taking place between the planets Jupiter and Saturn. Jupiter is very bright in the uh, evening sky, uh, as uh, and Saturn is is fairly bright as well. Not as bright as Jupiter, but it's still fairly bright. Uh, the con- a conjunction is occurring now. If you were to look at this from space. The planets would look no different, but they would probably they would be lined up in in a row with uh, with Earth, uh, but they wouldn't be any closer together in proximity in their orbit. You know, so there's nothing that's changed there. But the way they're aligned with the Earth in the solar system makes the two planets look as if they're overlapping, and really, it's going to look more like Saturn is almost like a crown on top of Jupiter. And many people have believed that uh, many people believe that this may have been the Christmas star that happened back during the time of Christ's birth. And we'll get more into that in just a few moments. But uh, no matter what you make of the this conjunction, whether this is the Christmas star or not, the fact is that this is a rarity. Uh, this has not been seen. Uh, and so, sometimes in some cycles it's seen more often than not, uh, but uh, the, the cycles don't come around very often. Uh, this hasn't been seen since Galileo looked through, at the night sky through his spyglass in the 1600s. And it won't happen again until the year 2080. Chances are highly likely that none of us will be around during that time. I mean, if you're really young, I mean, my son may be around that by that time, hopefully, but uh, but most of us won't be. And so, uh, but the question is, is this conjunction, does this conjunction fit the depiction of the Christmas star? And so, uh, before the options are given, before we talk about uh, what the different... Um, 
options for the Christmas star are, we need to go back and find what the Bible tells us about the Christmas star. The Gospel of Matthew is the only New Testament text to even mention the Christmas star. And uh, Matthew provides a few clues to help navigate our quest in trying to find what the Christmas star is. First, we note uh, that uh, the star appeared appeared after Jesus was born. Now, this isn't to say that it could not have appeared, if, if, if it's true, it could not have appeared beforehand, but it appears that the Christmas star occurs after the birth because this star is guiding the wise men who are astronomers, uh, astrologers really, uh, to, to the place of Christ, to where, he, to, his, to where he is born. So the wise men, uh, many times in many of our nativity scenes, are erroneously placed there with the shepherd and shepherds and angels and the holy family, and that's quite honestly they weren't there. They didn't come until far after Christ was born. Some scholars even believe that Jesus may have been two years old before the wise men came. Uh, the biblical text states that the wise men followed the Christmas star after Jesus was born, and we see this in Matthew two one. Second, whatever the star was, it arose from above the horizon. We see this in Matthew two two. This indicates that it may have been settled, it may have settled in one place. And third, the star stopped above the place where Jesus was found, which was at this time the Bethlehem. So finally, and concerning the first point, the period of time had elapsed between Jesus' birth and the appearance of the wise men. Mary and Joseph they weren't scrambling around trying to find room in an inn uh, and by this time. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into that about what, what that entails. But by this time, they had already settled, married, and uh, were in, in, in house with Jesus by the time the wise men appeared. Now, he may have been, it may have been a few months after the fact, or it may have been a few years after the fact. We really don't know, and we're really not told. Um, but what celestial spectacle could have caused such a stir? Well, so far as I can tell in the research in this, there are four main options. There may be others, but these are the four main options that I found. First is the one we've already mentioned, a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. The first option is, uh, is if this is true, then, then the conjunction of these two planets would in fact be the Christmas star. Uh, Johannes Kepler, uh, according to Johannes Kepler, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn which is rare for this to happen in the first place, but ironically, they came together three times in one particular year, the year 7 B.C. Now, we have to understand, first and foremost, that uh, when um, Gregor uh, was, was uh, I believe it was Gregor who was, who was uh, Gregory, he was uh, coming up with a new Gregorian calendar. Uh, he erroneously, play, he, he missed the dates by a few years because he was going to place the year one by the time of birth, the birth of Christ, and he missed it by a few years. So, the, so um, it, we have to understand that Jesus was probably born anywhere between 4 B.C. to 7 B.C., Okay, anywhere in that period of time, because and the reason we know this is because King Herod the Great was still alive by the time of Christ's birth. Okay, so uh, and and King Herod, uh, he he his kingdom came to an end in four B.C. So um, that's that's one of the reasons we we know that to be a fact. So so four to seven B.C. somewhere along in that period of time, uh, may was the time when Jesus was born. Now that the only thing this does. 
is that uh, we have to understand that that if Jesus was born in 7 BC, then if he's if he was crucified, died and buried in 30 BC, he would have been 30 years 30 uh, 37 years old when he was crucified. Many people believe he was 33. Um, we also know that if he's thirty, if he was crucified, died, and buried, and resurrected in 30, 33 A.D., he would have been closer to forty. The only thing we're given by about the age of Jesus is in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, he says that he was around the age of thirty. Now, he doesn't say he was exactly thirty. He says he was around the age of thirty. So he may have been twenty-seven, or he may have been thirty-three, somewhere along that line. And it's generally believed uh, that Jesus's ministry was around three and a half years. If you look at the three Passover events that happens in John's Gospel, but we, but we have some leniency here. You know, we have some wiggle room. So it may have been Jesus was older when he was crucified. He may have been thirty-seven, may have been may have been thirty-nine, close to forty uh, when that happened. But but regardless, this shouldn't, shouldn't be really a sticking point for us uh, to just to hold on to the to the age of thirty-three because Luke says he was around the age of thirty. He didn't say he was thirty. Okay, so if he's born in 7 BC, there's an interesting thing that happens. Uh, interesting things happen in the night sky in the year 7 BC. First of all, there are three conjunctions that happen between Jupiter and Saturn in the year 7 BC. The first conjunction would have occurred around May 27th, 7 BC. The second conjunction would have happened on October 6th of 7 BC. And the third would have occurred on December 1st of 7 BC. So the conjunction had not occurred since, uh, so while the conjunction hasn't occurred since the 1600s now, sometimes the loops that it makes and the cycles that it makes, uh, you know, sometimes will allow it to come around closer. So for instance, it's not even going to come around again till 2080, but still, from 2020 to 2080, a 60-year span, that's a whole lot sooner than what happened between the 1600s and in 2000 and 2020 2020 now so you're looking at uh, several centuries that went by um before, before that happened so they do come in in cycles it seems like and sometimes they may come in in quicker spurts than they do other times it's just the way the the orbit their orbits uh, are, are are designed and made so it made a triple appearance now if, if this occurred it very well may have been that there was a christmas star before jesus was born and, and it may have been that Jesus was born around October 6th, and that there was a third Christmas star that led the wise men there on December 1st. It's a possibility. Um, but it, is, it would be very fascinating if that would be the case. I think there are good reasons for believing that Jesus was born in the fall of the year, but it's not it does it's not beyond the the, the scope of reason to say that he was born, um, you know, Back in May 27th, that's a possibility too. It would be interesting if he was born around uh, October 6th because then you're getting around the time of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and that would be very fascinating. I don't know exactly the precise time that that would have come in the year 7 BC, but it would be worth exploring to see what festivals are around those dates uh, during that time. That would be something to look for. Uh, to look, examine, explore for a, for a future podcast or article. Um, so the conjunction made a triple appearance that year. So the, so it is possible that this could be the case. Um, and, and there's another thing that it weighs in favor for the conjunction being the Christmas star. The conjunction occurs in the constellation Pisces, which is a fish. 
which according to astrological tradition is the constellation of the Jews. Now, how interesting would that be if this Christmas star occurs in the constellation Pisces, which is a constellation identified with the Jews, and, and, and it looks like, from my understanding, that the Saturn is going to come above Jupiter, make it look like Jupiter has a crown, and so it could very well be that this was a coronation, you know, identifying the coronation of a king of the Jews because this crown that Jupiter would wear. So and it's intriguing as well since the name Ichthus is both an acronym for Jesus um, and, and the name for a fish. Uh, early Christians developed an acronym for, from Ichthus coming from Isus Christos Theos Huios Soter, meaning Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Savior. And, and it's also identified with a fish. Early Christians may have inferred special meaning from a triple conjunction in 7 BC. So if Jesus were to have been born in 7 BC, here again, the only thing that's lost is the idea that he was exactly 33 years of age when he was crucified. Again, I, I don't think there are any reasons to strongly hold to that notion anyhow, uh, because again, the only thing Luke says is that Jesus was around 30. He didn't say he was 30, but he was around the year of 30 years old when the spirit descended on him like a dove and so um the only question is would this have given adequate time for the birth of jesus to the point of the holy family residing in their home and you know what if they had family in bethlehem i think it's very well possible the more i've contemplated this the more i can see that this being a great possibility if jesus was born in the first constellation, that would have get them, given them several months. If if you if you take the notion that the uh, whole aspect of them looking for room in an inn meant that uh, bec- that was only happening because of the census being taken, you know, taken at that time, uh, they could have easily gotten something. Especially if Joseph was was uh, was uh, was substantial in in the business he had as a as a tecton, a carpenter, a worker with his hands, which also meant like stonemasonry and things of that nature, um, which would not, would not be a, you know, it would be a, 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 a very decent living to make back in those days. Uh, it's very possible, I would say, even if he were born in uh, October, that would still give, you know, a, a couple of months to get settled in and everything. So I think that's very possible. But there's, uh, there's uh, C.J. Humphreys offers another option for the Christmas star, which is that of a comet. He says that he didn't think that it was a conjunction, but according to Humphreys, he believes that a comet uh, came and approached the area in 5 BC. The comet would have been a most spectacular sight and would have rested over the area of Bethlehem. However, not everyone agrees that the comet was seen in 5 BC. Michael Pedham notes that the Chinese recorded a comet in this area near Altair around 4 BC. However, Pedham also contends that a comet is not a suitable candidate as most ancient people viewed comets as harbingers of evil events rather than the birth of the king of kings. So now this is, but this could be an intriguing situation that occurs here as well. If, say, for instance, um, you have uh, the wise men warning the holy family to get out of Dodge because there's going to be the massacre of the innocents uh, in the area where all the male children of a certain age are put to death, then this that this could be have been even a harbinger of of, of some bad things taking place during that time. Uh, so so some again, 
I don't think that this comet would is a, is a viable contender for the Christmas star, but I do find it very fascinating that if Jesus were born in 7 B.C., then in 4 B.C. you have this this comet that comes over the area that warns of bad things to come. And then 70 A.D., you have uh, the destruction of uh, Jerusalem uh, by, by the Romans. So intriguing things. Now, the third option... In, uh, it comes to us by Johannes Kepler. 1604, Kepler observed a supernova, which is a stellar explosion. A supernova is when a star explodes. And uh, you can actually even see the remnants of a supernova uh, even now in a nebula in, in, the, um, in, in one of the areas of uh, the, I think it's called the Sword of Orion. Uh, midway down the sword, you can find a nebula, which was which was a supernova. A beautiful sight, if you especially if you see it through a telescope or through uh, through uh, high powered goggle uh, goggles, high powered uh, binoculars. It's really a spectacular sight to see. But the major problem with this theory is that there were no known supernovae to have occurred during the reign of King Herod the Great. Um, additionally, the supernova uh, would have been observed by all. And some people would think that uh, if it was observed by all, then maybe more people would have been inclined to believe that something spectacular happened. Uh, Because it seems like this Christmas star, whatever it was, identified the stargazers, but it didn't necessarily identify everyone because, you know, Herod, um, he, he he was clueless as to what was going on, you know, at the time. So this cast doubt that a supernova alone could have been the Christmas star. However, the, the fourth option is a combination of a conjunction and supernova. Uh, uh, the, another fascinating se- uh, theory holds that the triple conjunction of 7 B.C. was joined by a later sop- supernova in 5 B.C. A supernova was recorded in 5 B.C. by the Chinese and Koreans, which Mark Kigger uh, postulates to be D.O. Aquile. Now, um, again... This this would have occurred after uh, the uh, around the the time of, uh, of the King Herod did during the end of his reign. So so you know there, originally you know it was said that there that there's no no known supernovae to occur during the reign of King Herod, but there is this record by the Koreans and Chinese that there was one recorded in five B.C. And so um, again, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of you know back and forth with that but uh, the Chinese and Koreans do postulate a uh, or do record this uh, supernova to have occurred most likely Dio Aquile while Petum is skeptical of Kidger's conclusions the combination of the two events does cause one to, to wonder to ponder if a comet and or supernova was viewed as a harbinger of bad news and that supernova combined with a triple crown of conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn then astronomically speaking, this would have been major news for the wise men, and would have caused urge uh, caused caused them to uh, caused would have caused them to warn the holy family of impending doom. Um, <laughs> that's a typo in my article there. Excuse me, that's my OCD coming out. Oh. But anyhow, nonetheless, uh, we, we do see that there were these these astronomical events taking place. So it is kind of interesting. Now, I do believe that if um, if, if I do believe that that, that this, the Christmas star would have been uh, 
it, it, it could have been that these, this, this triple conjunction could have, have clued the uh, wise men of something happening. This supernova may have they may have clued them into uh, or cued them that something was was about to happen. But none, nonetheless, I don't know. I kind of I kind of go back. To, I was. I was ping-ponging all these ideas, going back and forth uh, with all these different ideas, and I really, in my mind, have settled on the idea of the Christmas star being this conjunction, of this rare conjunction, uh, triple conjunction taking place in the year 7 BC. Now this pushes back the date of the Jesus's uh, or the year of Jesus's birth back farther in my mind than what I had postulated it to be, because I had considered it being somewhere around 4 BC. Uh, but uh, it is kind of interesting that this that this happened three times. It, this conjunction happened three times in the year seven BC in the constellation Pisces, which itself is a constellation for the Jews. That is just an intriguing thing to happen. I mean, it's rare for it to happen once, but for it to happen three times in the same year and it to be identified with the, with the, with the Jewish people, I think that would have been something that would cause the the uh, astronomically minded wise men to take note that something's going on in Bethlehem, something's going on in Israel, and so. Um, I just I think I think there's a lot of reason to believe that this might very well be the Christmas star. So um, at once I thought the supernova was the best answer, but I, I, there's conflicting data on what we hear about when the supernova happened and where it was. But it's pretty well settled that this triple conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn did happen in 7 BC. So um, I, again, I think it's possible that Jesus was born in the fall of that year. Right around the time of the second conjunction, I think the first conjunction was a sign that something big was going to happen. The second conjunction uh, identifies uh, the, um, the the birth of Jesus, and then the third conjunction seals it in the minds of those who are watching these events. So um, the wise men would later recognize this star uh, after being led by the Christmas star. The true star was the one born in a manger. And for those blessed to see the conjunction for uh, for those of us blessed to see the conjunction for ourselves, um, go out and look up to see what could possibly be the one insane Christmas star that guided the wise men. And we just need to pray for good weather because we have not had an opportunity to, to witness this again since Galileo viewed the conjunction through his spyglass in the 1600s, and we won't be able to see it again until 2080. Quite honestly, most of us won't be there, but won't be here during that time. But maybe we can view it from eternity <laughs> during that time. But nonetheless... Go out and witness the beauty of God's creation. Keep looking up at the night sky. And even now, you can see these planets begin to merge together. Uh, I, last night, I went. I got my binoculars, and I looked out at them. And it almost looked like something from Star Wars, like on, on the planet Tatooine, where you see the two suns. It looked kind of like that. It was so cool to see. And so, uh, God willing, if the clouds, uh, it's a little cloudy today, if the clouds depart and we have good, clear night skies, uh, we'll go out and do it uh, then. But do note, that you need to go out and look at it early because I noted on the stargazing apps that Jupiter and Saturn are starting to set in the western horizon 
earlier than they have previously. So you only have a few hours to witness this, uh, this Monday afternoon, uh, December 21st of 2020. So again, go out there and see what could very well be the Christmas star this Monday. And so this is Brian Chilton for Curtis Evelo and the entire Bellator Christie staff. We want to wish you a most blessed, uh, most wonderful Christmas, and hopefully that you will have a blessed 2021 as well. This is Brian Chilton for the Bellator Christie Podcast Special Edition here on Saturday, December the 19th. We will see you back next week for our regularly scheduled podcast with my good friend Curtis Evelo. God bless. listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast and bellatorchristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Have you ever wondered about the Christian faith, but have become bogged down by difficult terminology? Are you a Christian and faced doubts and you didn't know where to turn? Maybe your faith has been challenged and you don't know how to respond. Or perhaps you desire to learn more about how to winsomely defend your faith, but you do not have the time nor the finances to enroll in seminary. If any of these situations describes you, then consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. This book confronts the challenges facing the Christian faith, but does so in a way that is accessible to everyone. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is available in softcover, hardcover, on the Kindle, and Nook. Consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics from your favorite bookstore today.